All right, welcome back. Spousal Privilege, episode 11. Do I need to get you a coaster? Because that's, that's going to be way too loud every time you set that coffee down. How about a GoPro manual? It's coaster-sized. Nice. I'll take my bubble wrap back. Thank you. Yes, I want to just toss it randomly into her room. Yes, the room is very put away, so we would not want to clutter it up. Especially this segment of the room. Yes, I'm trying here. not to add more to the clutter. I need to clean up. Should I take a picture of this segment of the room for everybody? No. I'll turn this in. The one listener will probably turn this into like hoarders. <laughs> hoarders podcast edition. We'll go live on a reality show. Thanks to the listener. I don't know. They pay those people? How much is our dignity worth? If we could put new siding on the house, it might be worth it. I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine they pay people, people pay people that much money. I think those people are pretty desperate. I think a lot of people, sadly, they just tell them they're going to be on television. And they're probably like, oh, I love television. Like I said, desperate. Yeah. These are the people that you, you see on the news after, you know, some kind of robbery or something. Somebody's been a tag and like, oh my gosh, did you see that? What character is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that like redneck character? That's early in the morning. Michelle's trying to not sound like herself. Okay. Yes, we're trying an experiment. We're recording, instead of recording late at night, we're recording early in the morning. While drinking coffee. Let's see if my, something inside me boost. Throughout warm, warm beverages are supposed to be good for your vocal cords. Maybe everybody can see the effects of the caffeine grow inside me. Mm. You're trying to find something funny for that. Oh, well, I mean, you set me up with with having something grow inside you, but I didn't. Uh, nothing came to me. I guess I should have a coaster too. I'll use this. I'll use this other GoPro manual. Is that the Spanish? Uh, this is the warranty and disclaimers. Ooh. Sorry, I've only bumped into that about 32 times in the last 24 hours. I didn't understand why it had to be, like, touching the, the chair. Why did it be so close? I don't know why either. I just put it somewhere so I can stand at my serger. Okay, that's fine. I didn't do it to be like, ooh. No, you did. It was all part of your diabolical <laughs> no. plan. Ooh, Dan. When Dan backs up, he backs up just this far. He's gonna. This is going to annoy the shit out of him. I'm going to put it just not. It's not going to be touching the chair, so he'll move it before he sits down. It's going to be just close enough that when he sits and he swivels, it's just going to tag it every single time that he moves the chair. And it's gonna drive him crazy. It's gonna be great. And then he's gonna he's gonna snap. <laughs> ah. Good to the last drop. Myers coffee. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Meyer. Where you wait in line forever at the checkout. And somebody behind you is bitching about it. <laughs> at like eight o'clock at night. Myers. Come for the deals. Stay for the bitching. And the one dollar pony rides. Oh, one, one cent. cent. One cent pony rides. That's what I meant to say. Well, that's a wild horse, let me tell you. Is it like one of those barroom uh, 
bucking Broncos. Oh, Michelle's demonstrating right now how crazy the one cent horse ride is. And she's barely moving. <laughs> it's like the sloth edition. I already talked about sloths on my uh, <laughs> on my other podcast this weekend. Did you want to did you want to watch the Zootopia sloth sloth trailer? No, but I saw that when you open up Safari, there's a YouTube sloth video. Oh, was there? That was the last tab. Yeah, we watched. Those were those were some rescue sloths. They were like babies that has their parents had been killed for one reason or another. And so they were teaching them how to take care of themselves and how to climb because they didn't know how to climb. It was actually kind of clever. Their uh, their method for teaching the baby sloths how to climb was they put them in a basket in the seat of a rocking chair. And as they would get out of the um, basket and start to climb up the rocking chair, it would start rocking, which they said simulated the movement of a tree when you're climbing it. And so it was, you know, a nice close to the ground safe way to teach them the right kind of climbing skills. Are they still very slow? Yes, they were very slow. And Kristen Bell would have totally freaked out because they were super adorable. Do you want to see the video? They are cute. I kind of saw it moving a little bit. One of them climbs to the bottom of the chair and rocks himself to sleep. It's like hanging on our boobs. (laughs) Yeah, apparently... Apparently the sloths really are, they're, they're, they're boob sloths. They, they <laughs> like to, there's leg sloths and butt sloths. These are boob sloths. They try to expose the boobs. It's like a, oh, first I thought it was like a magazine. No, it's her sloth calendar. Ha. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I'm not slow on eating that leaf. Okay, that's enough of the sloth video. Yeah, this is the one that climbs to the bottom. Most of them climb up the chair, but this one climbs down the chair to the bottom and then gets it rocking and rocks himself to sleep. And she she says that most of them are like learning to uh, get stronger and fend for themselves. And this one is basically taking a lot of naps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness, they're so cute. Sloth Calendar 2016. Oh, available on Amazon. How about that? By Lucy Cook. $36. Dude. Whoa. That's even like almost half the year has gone now. We need a half price sale on that. No kidding. I mean, I get that it's going for a good cause, but dang. I'm a sloth blog. Oh, is that the deal? It's sold out, and so these are like people reselling? Oh, That's jerks. So those are really jerks. It's a, it's a collector's item. Yeah, and they're going to collect the... They're gonna profit off this nonprofit calendar. Exactly, the money, the money went for a good cause, and now these people are gonna be assholes and put the extra money in their pockets. That is a serious dick move. <laughs> Major we dick. The, we bought up all the sloth calendars, and <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish there was something on here that said what the original price was, so we could see just what jerks these people were being. You can get a used calendar. Did I see a used used one for sale? Yeah, for like $79. Jesus Christ. Was it signed by the sloths? $71. Let's see. Let's see all offers. Direct shipment from Japan. $117.11 for a sloth calendar. Yeah, nobody's buying that. Good luck. Jerks. 
Four stars. Too expensive. <laughs> oh, they didn't actually buy it to give that rating. I'm looking at this person's other reviews to see if they have other enlightening reviews like that. They appear to enjoy giving things a star rating and then just putting two thumbs up emojis in the uh, comment. Ooh, somebody got five stars. Hostel Transylvania 2. Five stars. Funny. Ooh, biodegradable sod. Paper Towns. One star. Teen daughter. Did not like. Ooh, just one thumbs. Oh, yeah. Five stars, but only one thumb. Oh, yeah. How do you give something five stars, but then only one emoji thumbs up? Because there was something up there where it had three stars and yeah. two emoji thumbs up. This emoji thumbs up system is very undefined. Harry Potter hardcover box. Daughter loved. <laughs> this person reviews what's, a lot of stuff. What's the one thing? Go back up. Now, whatever. Yeah. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, five stars. Fun, fun, fun movie. movie. Penelope would agree. Raising Chickens, third edition, five stars. Two emoji thumbs up. However, the Brinsay Eco Glow Brooder for chicks or ducklings, only three stars, doesn't produce much heat. Look at the little chicks in the picture. No, oh, I want to go to the product, not the not the review. A brooder. So you put like eggs underneath it and then they hatch. Oh, maybe this is just for keeping the chicks warm. Is that what this is for? Yeah, newly hatched chicks has a radiant heated underside. So clearly this person is into, uh... Chicks. <laughs> Chicks, man. <laughs> huh. I want to see the biodegradable sod. Works fine. That's what the keyboard said. Yeah. Boy, they really go in-depth in these reviews. Good feed. Not great. You find this review, was it, like, beneficial or... Yeah. I love how many of these, there's, I've seen three or four where it says something like this, could be better quality. Because there was one that said, could be heavier material. I'm like, well, yeah, they could always make it nicer. <laughs> but then it would be more expensive. It's like, yeah. The, <laughs> Hard to figure out how to use. Which was a what? That was like a weather radio. Public safety receiver. It's a scanner. Kids ghillie suit. What on earth? Five stars. Son loved it. Looks like you're going to do something like turkey hunting or something. New Girl Season 4. Five stars. Too funny. It's too funny. Ooh. Game of Thrones Season 5. Best show on TV. Ooh. Five stars. And then Arrow. Game of Thrones Season 6 starts tonight. And I just confirmed a little bit ago before we started recording that um, because we're cord cutters, we have the HBO Now. I did confirm that their plan is for it to basically air at the same time on HBO now. That's nice. So that means after the child goes to bed, we can watch it. And I'm hoping that's the case with Veep and Silicon Valley also. Because I'm just as excited for those to come back as uh, as for Game of Thrones. But this will be the first season of Game of Thrones where we're on equal footing. Because, oh, you haven't read? Because the TV show has now caught up and in some places surpassed the book. And there are no more books. So, not yet anyway. Oh, so it's not because you're a slacker. No, it's, it's really because the, there isn't anything else the to The author's read. a slacker. I think there, he released like a, um, what do you call it, an excerpt from uh, from the sixth book that is not yet released. But it was like a chapter or two. And so I didn't, 
I didn't like go seek that out because who cares? I'll just wait for the whole book to to be available. Now I have to pay attention more. You will, because I won't be able to be like, hey, do you pay attention to that? That's uh, setting up something important later. No, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, you're actually going to have to watch the show. You're going to, well, and you'll, you'll want to be on Dong Watch anyway. Oh. Dong Patrol. Did you learn about that? Is that? Well, no, I'm just hoping that maybe, you know, oh. they'll, they'll have a little something for you. They always have plenty of uh, naked ladies. Yes. With the occasional dude butt. But maybe... The creators of Game of Thrones will take inspiration from another HBO show, The Leftovers, and they'll be like, hey, well, let's throw some wieners in there for the for the part of our audience that enjoys the ween. True. Might get more la- lady viewers. True. Or just anybody that likes dongs. True. There are men who like dongs. Yeah. Pro-dong. The pro-dong. I personally people. am not pro-dong. I mean, I'm, as as a feminist... I believe that there should be dongs. They don't offend me. We've discussed this before, I think, when we talked about the leftovers. I don't find them shocking. Like, I don't understand why we don't see them more often. Because they're around. What was that? (laughs) It's like... What's that thing out in the wild? ah. (laughs) Some kind of... I don't know what it was. Some kind of cylinder. It It was hanging off the front of that man. Is there like a snake on him? So yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep everybody updated on. Uh, you know what we could do? We could keep like a running tally, mm. a running tally of I'm thinking full frontal female nudity versus male nudity. Still frontal, because obviously, right? Booty doesn't count. Yes, I'll see if I can. Uh, it'll give me something to do while we watch the episodes. I'll have to not play games on my iPad or stuff. I'll have to be on. You'll have to help me with that. You'll have to pay attention, too. If you look over and I'm, like, sipping my drink or eating a snack or something, you'll be like, hey, hey, there was a dong. Did you write down that dong? Dong. Every time I want to talk about 16 Candles, I just remember how casually racist it was. (laughs) This is the guys and I were watching uh, Spies Like Us last night, and it got to the part where they uh, they, uh, dress up as these Pakistani people, and I'm like... I'm like, uh-oh, are we in for some 80s movie casual racism coming up here? It actually wasn't that bad. Uh, what I said was uh, um, they didn't try to do, like, terrible accents or anything. They just, like, wore the clothes. They didn't do any face paint or anything. I said, yeah, so it's it's not nearly as bad as uh, um, Dan Aykroyd. Um, I, he did, like, blackface or something in Trading Places. We watched it not too long ago. Yeah. Well, then even... I guess they were like, well, Eddie Murphy's in the movie, so it's going to be okay whatever we have Dan Aykroyd do. There's real strong logic there on their part. It's like even in Sixteen Candles, they do the little gong thing every time they... Oh, yeah, it's super racist. There's been a lot of talk lately on uh, on the part of the internet that I read about how... You read part of the internet? I do. uh, About how... Hollywood and uh, just in in general treats uh, it's it's like the that Asians are the it's it's like the last place where the casual racism still happens and and people on the whole don't seem to have a problem with it and 
it was it was kind of sad it was like you you it made, it made me sad to realize how desensitized you get to it and how they uh they do this stuff all the time like we were watching season two of daredevil and the whole ninja plot line and there were there were a lot of people that were upset about um how they basically said like you know they there were characters in the show like everybody who's asian in the daredevil show is either some kind of has some kind of mystical powers or they're they have no lines in their their secret ninjas except they're all the ter- like all the good fighters on the show are not asian like that was their point was was that the the all the asian actors were only there to exist to get the shit beat out of them essentially and to be not as good of fighters as the blind guy <laughs> oops yeah or the two, the two blind guys i guess cuz uh, yeah. stick is uh, is also blind so good news for the blind community yeah go blind people except that they also well i guess stick i think is legitimately just a regular blind guy Whereas Daredevil has, like, powers. So he's not really a big, you know, it's not a big, like, victory for blind people because he can basically still see because of his senses, his super cool powers or whatever. Well, they they didn't really show it in the second season, but he's got the, like, he calls it the world on fire. Oh, yeah. Where he basically still can see. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than just heightened other senses. It's like they come together and he can actually see a picture of what's what's happening. But it is put together from those other sources. So it's based on what he can hear and smell and, and feel. There's five senses. Yeah. What am I missing? Touch. Taste. I said feel. Oh, taste. Yeah. It's based <laughs> on what he tastes. I'm just trying to list the senses. He's a super taster. Wait a minute. Do you taste that? Ninjas. <laughs> the air suddenly tasted like Asian food. <laughs> or Korean. It went where I decided not to go. I was going <laughs> to I was going to go. Tastes like MSG. Look <laughs> at that. I have to cut out. <laughs> Do you smell soy sauce? Kiko man. What movie is it where he's a, he goes, listen, do you smell something? I don't remember what movie that is. Last night I did almost watch Ferris Bueller. Oh, man. I made a Bueller reference in the office the other day. We were, we were sitting there and somebody said, anyone? And I went, anyone? And then I went, but see, people usually go to the anyone and then they go to the Bueller. Bueller. But I went, voodoo economics. <laughs> and I think Ron was the only one who got it. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. This is very important. This is like a consumer advocacy moment. We need to let everybody know this. Do not buy. Do not. This is the Pollywood R100BL Presidential Rocker Black. Black. One star. Do not buy if you plan on rocking in them, which it is a rocking chair, so that would be would be expected do not buy if you plan on rocking in them we bought four the material allows for too much movement that wears and snaps all the screws holding together every rocker broke oh oh it's there's more there's more i gotta expand the review 
After digging the screws out and replacing with lag bolts five times larger, they still broke. Great for looks, not if you plan on using them. Stick with real wood. So what about if you want to train sloths to climb a tree? <laughs> Holy crap, it's a $260 rocking chair. Is that legit? Is that actually the real regular price? Yeah. Holy shit. $260.99, and they bought four of them? Would you not buy one and see if it's a piece of shit or not? They don't stand by the philosophy that we we have. That is insane. Or maybe even two. And these people are saying they're very sturdy. They are the only one-star review. Oh, look at the customer images. There's a one-star review. <laughs> I like this review. Nice, sturdy. Looks good. Assembling is a horror. <laughs> Throw away the screws and handy-dandy tool and just go to the hardware store and buy three-inch decking screws. The screws that come with it strip out at the slightest tension. When I finally did that, I put them together in 30 minutes each. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of people complaining about how it's not actually very comfortable. How are you going to spend $261 on a chair, a rocking chair, and then just be like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of uncomfortable or whatever, like... Return that crap. Get your money back. People that want to deal with the hassle, they rather bitch. I guess so. Then go through the hassle of returning something. Oh, look, you could get it assembled by a professional for $78.99 through Amazon's new services program. Hmm. Did you see how the mouse pointer got gigantic for a second there? They did on play sets. Not that we need one anymore, but just curious. That was money well spent. I know. Would have taken us two days to put that thing together, at least. Okay, so. So we haven't watched an episode of The Americans since the last time we recorded. No. But we've watched a lot of other things. Two so we, movies. We kind of decided to take a break from The Americans for a little bit, and it was good timing because we we were able to finish up that season of Daredevil, which I think we, we did talk about a little bit uh, previously. But on the whole, I'll give my review, and then you can okay. chime in. I would say that season two of Daredevil on Netflix was good, not great. I thought season one was great. I would actually rather watch season one again than watch season two. Now that said, there were some awesome fights and some things that really did and were very, very well done. But a lot of it was a little bit of a rehash. Like I was really tired of listening to Foggy Bitch. Right. <laughs> That's what, I, that would be my part was like, I just, because Foggy didn't know what was going on in the f first season until I guess basically the end or, or towards the end. And so, because you basically pick up where their relationship's a little strained. Mm -hmm. And so. By the way, but, don't worry, I'll put spoiler alert in the show notes. And, good. And I'm going to, I'll put the chapter markers on the episode and with each one I'll make it clear which thing we're talking about. Um, the relationships strain when the season starts and they kind of get back, you know, they kind of heal a little bit and stuff, but it falls apart again. And then he's, Foggy's, you know, trying to keep it also from Chicky. I can't remember her name. Oh, Redhead. Yeah. They're, they're other person that's in the office. Yeah. True Blood. Yeah. Anyway. Karen. Yeah. Nailed it. I didn't even have to look that up. No Googling. Coffee. 
<laughs> Coffee's kicking. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just a lot of because I mean they did kind of build it back up, their relationship back up, but it just fell apart, and he just because Daredevil being himself was basically more being Daredevil versus actually being a lawyer. Yeah, he was that pissed Foggy off. He was really leaving him hanging on the. I mean, they took a big case, and then he he pretty much fucked him over on it. Yeah, I mean, and Foggy did a good job, but it was like I'm not saying Foggy had no reason to bitch, but Foggy's just not as good a lawyer as as Murdoch is when it comes down to it. Correct. Although at this point he kind of is because he actually does it full time <laughs> instead of instead of spending all his free time getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> It's showing up all beaten up. I'm trying to decide what I think of his rekindled romance person. Oh, Electra? Yeah. Electra Nachos. That was, by the way, they they made this whole Marvel on Netflix thing. They're making some some questionable decisions in terms of what they're doing with characters. And um, this whole thing about how they're casting roles and talking about how they are whitewashing them. So Electra's supposed to be Greek. That's why her last name is Nachos. It's like a... And so they rewrote her backstory for this season two of, of the TV show and made it to where she was adopted by a Greek you know, family. Mm-hmm. And that allowed them to hire this lady with a British accent. <laughs> it, was, it was very strange. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, now I say whitewashing, I think, uh, uh, she may have been a person of color, actually. I don't, I'm not, no, she, she was, was something. if she was a hundred percent, like a white lady, but, but at any rate, um, you know, on one hand, I don't feel like I'm, um, super qualified to weigh in on a lot of the, you know, the, the, the racial stuff and all that, except, um, I think that's part of what, what it is to be a supporter of the diversity and all that is to, even though I feel like I may not you know, understand everything completely, like I understand enough to see that, man, there's a lot of white folks on TV. <laughs> there is. I mean, and what, which reward, uh, not reward, award thing, was it the, not the Oscars, was it? Oh, yeah. Didn't or was we, it the Oscars? Chris Rock hosted and was calling him out on huh, you know, yeah. like all the nominees were white people. Yeah. Even though there were some tremendous performances by, you know, actors of, of color of of both genders in this, this last year. Hmm. But uh, the the thing that I've, I've heard about was they were saying they've also taken uh, characters like the, uh, I don't know, comics in general. This is what's problematic. Comics in general have not historically done a good job of portraying diverse characters. Um, it was, you know, a bunch of white dudes for the first, you know, like 80 years of comics, basically. And so they made characters that were a bunch of white dudes. And even when they did make a character that was, you know, that was different, like, for example, this Doctor Strange movie that's coming out. Doctor Strange was, I think... uh I think that's the one they were talking about where he was Asian for like the first little bit of the comic, but then they did what they, uh, in the comic book world call, uh, retroactive continuity or retcon where they go back and just like rewrite something and pretend it's always been that way. Hmm. So they basically said, Oh, never mind, It's a white guy. 
and um, part of the whole story is about him learning all the all the ways of you know these because he's like an actual doctor, but then he learns all this non traditional medicine and all that, like Eastern you know uh, medicine, and yet for the movie, not only did they cast Benedict Cumberbatch, you know who's who it seems to become the um, official white guy actor that they hire to play roles that might have been cast by somebody who they, they might have put a diverse person in. Poor guy. Like, um, like Khan in the Star Trek Into Darkness movie, you know, who at, at least, you know, they cast Ricardo Montalban back in the 80s, or I guess originally in the 60s when it was on the TV show, where, yes, he was Mexican, but at least he wasn't white, because Khan is supposed to be Indian. Thus, the name Khan. Uh, but instead, they cast, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, who, granted, looks a little weird. I think that's what they feel like. <laughs> they feel like because he looks a little bit like an alien, that it's like they cast a diverse person, but they didn't. <laughs> they they still cast a white British guy. Um, but anyway, it's looking like the Doctor Strange movie, because they just released the first trailer, uh, that they're doing the same thing again. Like for his master of uh, of Eastern, you know, who's teaching him the ways of, you know, I don't know if it's China or Japan or where he goes. I think it's China, um, but it's that's being played by Tilda Swinton, who's who's so white she's almost translucent. That's funny. But you know, she shaved her head bald, so that's you know, that's something. I guess at least that's what they think. Anyway, there was a there was a campaign of people. Because the next show, or one of the next shows that Marvel is going to be doing on Netflix is The Incredible Iron Fist, or Immortal Iron Fist, excuse me. Um, and it's all about a martial arts dude. Um, and in the comics, it's a white guy. At least I think it's always been a white guy in the comics. Um, but the there was a campaign online to say, hey, why not go the other way for once and make it, you know, kind of fix some of the problems that they've had by casting an Asian actor in it, you know, but they didn't do that. That's still going to be a white guy. Yeah. So it's like more white dudes. Cause the thing about it is like, for me, this is what I, I, I don't get what people, um, what people don't understand is that some of the really great things that we, that we watch and, uh, and really enjoy have these incredibly diverse casts. Luther. Hmm. Yes. And Luther's still got a lot of white folks on it. But, but Luther... he's a very good actor. Luther. Oh, you're is... talking about Idris Elba specifically? Yes. Yes. You enjoyed him as uh, as the chief in the Zootopia movie? Bogo? <laughs> that was his name. I couldn't remember it. I don't know how he got the name Bogo. Well, he he was a, he liked to shop for deals, and he liked to get those buy one, get one free offers. No? You don't think so? So yeah, I don't know. It's the yeah. So looking at other shows that we've watched, you know, that are on our list. So you've got um, let's let's talk about Better Call Saul for a second. Can I quickly say something funny? That's probably really not <laughs> related to our podcast. But oh no, we never talk about things. That but are you mentioned to the show. <laughs> but you mentioned Star Trek. It made me think of Spock, our child's favorite character. Mm-hmm. And so when we were at Meyer and I was talking to the meat guy, meat counter guy because he has the like a shower cap looking thing on oh my goodness i know where this is going so 
once he l left the area, she kept saying, it's like, Mom, he looked like Spock. Because something, whatever, and I was like, okay. Because I'm like, I have no clue. Because the thing was covering the tops of his ears, wasn't it? Probably. So, so she was making the point that I thought you would enjoy knowing that. She, it was like when Spock wore the headband to hide that he was Vulcan because of the, he didn't want people to see his pointy ears. Okay. So that's what she was. That's what she was referring to. So maybe when she's up later, you can. Did he also have a bowl cut? I don't. I wasn't really paying. I was trying to find the ribs. That was my goal. It was getting late, and I had to get some ribs. Yeah, two eighty-eight a pound. Originally four ninety-nine. Yeah, so the tip for everybody out there listening, if you're if you're wanting to get some pork back ribs, not short ribs, because short ribs you can get cheap all the time, and that's a sucker move because they've got lots of extra collagen and they're they're just not as good. Uh, you want the pork back ribs, or sometimes referred to as pork loin back ribs or baby back ribs, because the that's the rack of ribs that sits right up against the tenderloin. Or I'm sorry, the, the loin, and so when they cut the when they're butchering the pig, they can sometimes they'll they'll take that cut of ribs where they get a lot of that loin meat right on the top, so you get the very delicious uh, pork loin on the top of the rack of ribs. So it makes those ribs extra meaty and uh, super delicious. And the best way to remember that you want the back ribs is to remember Chili's jingle about wanting your baby back ribs. Yes, Michelle and I have had lots of conversations because <laughs> she does most of the grocery shopping for the house. And she's all, she was all the time for a while there going like, hey, they had a really good rib deal. I almost got you some. And it would always turn out to be short ribs. And I'm like, no. Those are spare ribs. No, those are horrible yeah. crows. <laughs> or yeah, I said short ribs. I meant spare ribs. Yeah, I'm like, no, those are the spares. They're terrible. <laughs> They're, Those are garbage. They're two bucks a pound. Those are the garbage ribs. That's why they're two bucks a pound. Um, the the cool thing about uh, the back ribs, too, is when the prices aren't, because the, the meat commodities market is very strange, when, um, when the loin prices are down, they'll a lot of times cut the ribs even meatier because they're basically, like if they're getting more per pound for the ribs, They'll put more meat on the ribs because then they weigh more and they can make more money off of them. The ones I get, are they meatier? Are they normal meat? They look pretty good. I mean, it's it all depends on the manufacturer and what time of year it is. And there's, there's lots of weird fluctuations and stuff. The thing to know is that basically starting now through September, it's 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 considered to be grilling season. And so... You want to look for promotional pricing on this stuff because ribs get expensive through the summer. So these these ribs, you can see them for five, six bucks a pound and up, and that's kind of crazy. So as much as fresh is always better, uh, it's not a bad idea. Like in this case, I had Michelle buy three racks of ribs yesterday. I stuck two of them in the freezer uh, because at two eighty eight a pound. I'd rather, you know, thaw those out in a month. And uh, It's better than even their freeze. They're previously frozen, so then it's like it's fresh, frozen, then thawed, and then frozen, and then thawed. So that's yeah. got to kind of... That's exactly right. So like a lot of chains, like uh, Kroger does this a lot, because a lot of times you'll notice they'll they'll run a, a promotion on ribs, 
and they'll basically still be frozen in the case because the, the, that's the the big clue that they were previously frozen. Which, if you plan to freeze, would be a good way. thing to do. Yeah, if they're still frozen, then then that's then that's good. You can just keep them frozen. But uh, but yeah, the fresh never frozen is certainly the best best option because you can take them directly from the refrigerator case to your grill. Um, but then. If you want, you could freeze them, and then so then they've only been through one freeze thaw process. Um, that's that way you're not breaking down all the um, connective tissue and all that stuff. You should also let any listeners that are listening know the good was a good um, charcoal deal. Yeah, so this is also the beginning of the, the because it's that same grilling season. Basically, all the big chains want your business. So Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, Sam's Club. Um, Costco doesn't really play the game as much, but... Uh, um, they don't have they're, to. <laughs> they're, well, they're pretty competitive on price just normally, but they don't, they don't. I don't feel like they comp shop quite as much as some other chains do. Um, but there are a lot of deals to be had on um, charcoal and specifically just the standard Kingsford... They call it Kingsford Blue. Sometimes it's in the white and blue bag. The regular charcoal briquettes from, from Kingsford. You can usually get a two-pack of bags for somewhere around $10 promotionally. So always around the big holidays. So like coming up, we got Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. You can get these two packs of charcoal. That It's it's usually two 18-pound bags now for around 10 or 12 bucks, And that's a killer deal. Uh, it's basically what one bag would cost you most other times, and so good good time to uh, to load up. Like I still have a bag in the garage from last year. What did I say, Hammond? And you can store it indefinitely. I mean, it's you know, as long as you're keeping it dry, you can you can store that charcoal, you know, for you know at least a year or two. How many smoking sessions do you think you get out of a two pack deal? Oh, quite a few. Like eight, I, mean, I mean, I'm only ten. using, you know, I'm only using like one chimney of charcoal. Well, maybe I get one and a half probably to to do, certainly to do tenderloin. Tenderloin's a quick cook, just an hour or so. Um, ribs take take me about five hours. But, um, but yeah, that charcoal will last you a while. And charcoal is definitely the way to go. If you want to get into it and you don't want to, you feel like you want to just experiment then I can understand if you want to get like an electric smoker or whatever, but that's just, there's, there's more complication there in the, in the unit. And so there's more that can go wrong and it's expensive to replace. Whereas I bought a $40, what's called a bullet smoker. Yeah. And that's all that was like my, my investment, my thermometer cost more than the, than the actual grill cost. So when you do ribs and a tenderloin, since the tenderloin is a quick thing, do you do the, put the ribs on first and then you put the tenderloin on? Well, I'll probably put them both on together. Okay. And then I'll just pull the tenderloin because that'll, that'll be about the same time I need to uh, do something to the ribs anyway. So that's our grilling portion. Yeah. Barbecuing, grilling, grilling, smoking. Grill corner. A little extra tidbit from... From us to you. The great thing about smoking is that you can do a good amount of stuff and then eat on it like all week long. And it almost gets better 
after sitting in the uh, refrigerator. You okay? Hmm. Coffee kicking in. <laughs> All right, so so we talked a little bit about Daredevil. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Better Call Saul? Yeah. You sound super into it. <laughs> well, I was trying to think of the ones. Uh, let's talk about 11, 22, 80, 63. <laughs> that would have been a very different show. <laughs> 11, 22, 83. Yeah. It was blurry. He goes on back me. in time because he wanted to see Return of the Jedi in the theater. <laughs> I think we both agree we were really into it at first and then kind of drug out or got this weird. Yeah. So first of all, uh, let's just say 11, 22, 63, based on a Stephen King book that I have read and Michelle has not read. Correct statement. And I really enjoyed the book. And when I heard they were making it into a mini series for Hulu, I thought, oh, well, that'll be good because they'll be able to, they won't have to edit the content because usually it's a, historically, there's been a lot of Stephen King things that have been, that have been put on like ABC as mini series. And they did a lot of that in the nineties and there were some really bad ones. Tommy knockers comes to mind. I don't even remember much about it other than I think Jimmy Smith's was in it. And then of course they did the stand which I actually enjoyed and have watched a few times. Um, but that's kind of a gigantic story and very hard to film. And especially with a limited TV budget in the early nineties, it was, it was a little rough. Um, but you know, Hey, it got Rob Lowe and Molly Ringwald some work in the, uh, in, in a time of their careers where they were not as busy, <laughs> but anyway, um, I had, I had high hopes for it and I would say it was good. I honestly don't know that I would tell people to watch it though. I don't know if I would say it's worth people's time. But the book is definitely worth a read. The book is definitely worth the time. And like even me after seeing the movie or the show, whatever, um, like I guess, I mean, did it kind of drag? The parts that we kind of thought drag out, was that like really in the book? But was this more entertaining somehow? I, mean, I feel like, um, and you know, his books are long. He's known for having yes. a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a wordy. Uh, I don't know that from reading. I just nature. know from looking at your books. They're ginormous. <laughs> you glance up at the shelf and see. I don't think I've actually read a Stephen King book. Um, I don't know if I still have have that or not. I might have. Uh, I might have taken it to the used bookstore. Um, or sold it on Amazon or something. But, um, but anyway, I mean, that's not like you couldn't get it from the library if you wanted to. It would, I would definitely say it's worth trying. You know, my philosophy on reading books now is you just start reading it and you either finish it or just give up, which is fine. Now I used to have this thing where I felt like if you started a book, you had to finish it. And I feel like all that means is you end up reading less books because you're slogging through something you don't enjoy. Like, oh, well, I've got to, you know, got to finish it. That would be a waste if I didn't. I'm like, no, this is why the library is amazing. Because I used to feel that way because I would buy all the books that I thought I wanted to read. Then you really feel like you shouldn't read it when <laughs> exactly. you buy it. And so now it's just, well, check it out of the library. And, and if you feel like it sucks after 20 pages, then take it back. Who cares? That's why on my Goodreads, I have a, a shelf that I made called Read Enough. Because there's, there's want to read, 
uh, and currently and reading, currently reading, or like there's there there's standard shelves, and then I added one called Red Enough, and so there's <laughs> there's some books in there where I you know I got sometimes I got twenty pages in, sometimes I got a hundred and twenty pages in, and and then I just kind of go no eh, no because I like to give something a good chance, you know, like I try to read at least enough where I've given it a, an opportunity to kind of hook me, and well, for you sometimes you like actually hear about books and you put them on your list and everybody talks about how great they are and you kind of start reading it and you're like, I'm not seeing it. And so you try to kind of. Yeah. And I'll even, I'll even sometimes I'll flip over and be like, okay, well maybe I need to listen to the audio book of this one. Like this one's not grabbing me, you know, in the traditional form. So maybe I'll try it a different way. I think a good example of that would have been, uh, not too long ago, I read a book called, um, ancillary justice and it was a sci-fi book and it's a very it's a very interesting book where it uh it plays a lot with gender because the the primary person in the uh in the book is is actually a ship that can control all these different people like all the people on the ship are essentially extensions of the ship and all those people are called ancillaries and so it can basically use those people as extensions of itself and so for that reason it doesn't really have it doesn't think of gender because it it can be picking any of these people to to be itself so it it, it, it inherently doesn't have a gender hmm. and so a lot of the book is it having a conversation with somebody as one of its ancillaries and realizing that it's using the wrong pronouns or something because it's it's talking to somebody who is is a woman and it's and it, it does, but because it doesn't have gender it's not very good at seeing you know understanding it in other people and um, that was kind of interesting but but because of that the the language in the book is uh, I found it very uh, very difficult to kind of dial into as I was reading it, you know, in front of me. So it actually ended up being better when I flipped over to the audio version, and and listened to the audio book, um, because then it allowed me to just kind of get past it, and I wasn't stopping and rereading sections and all that kind of stuff. Let me find my uh, yeah. Let's see. You have seven and currently reading. There's seven books on my read enough list. Let's see here. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was that's a good example. So like I heard about this book called The Idea Factory and it was about Bell Labs and it was so it was this nonfiction book. And I started reading it and I was like, Man, this is boring. <laughs> and so I got I don't even know how far into it I got. But see, I basically read it for a day because I started it on the nineteenth of April in twenty fourteen and on the twentieth of April I, I moved it to the read enough shelf. Um and then you got other stuff in here where, well, like this is a good example. So I started, I read the book North and South because um, I loved the old miniseries. And it's this John Jake's book and it's this like sweeping romantic tale of the Civil War times and all that. And so I read the first one and enjoyed it. And then I started to read the second one and I was, I was just not into it. It was, and they're super long and there's like a million of books in the series. And I was like, I don't want to read this series of books. Forget it. I'll just remember the Patrick Swayze uh, TV movies and that'll be enough. And so that's, that's my recommendation is try lots of things. Cause what it does is it frees you up to try anything. I walk, I walk into the library to pick up stuff that I've got on hold 
and then if uh if i'm uh walking past the shelf of new things i'll be like oh okay yeah that looks like it could be interesting and i'll just grab it and start it and maybe i'll finish it maybe i won't so michelle is currently looking at my list of currently reading books and marveling at why there's seven books that i'm currently reading and what she's seeing too is the result of the library um because there's books that I've checked out, read part of, and then they were due back and I couldn't uh, renew them. And like so, modern romance. Well, modern romance I now have the audiobook of, so oh, okay. I could finish that at some point. Um so the, I only the well, the ones I own on here are this one, this one, and this one. All the others are library uh ones that I started. And so But how many are you kind of currently like actively reading. reading. So this one, The True Adventures of the World's Greatest Stuntman, I just started that yesterday. Okay. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's a little bit boring. And so I've been kind of, you know, going quickly through some of the chapters, looking for the parts where he's, you know, talking about movies that I've actually heard of that he's been a part of. I'm just curious to know how you're, how you can go from one to the other and kind of keep me like it's usually because they're different kinds of books so like i'm so like this is a memoir about a stuntman and so it's this hollywood memoir book and then i've got the alexander hamilton biography by ron Chernow, and it's a very much a history book and then you have hamilton the revolution which is lin-manuel miranda's book about making the hamilton musical and I've actually been kind of enjoying swapping back and forth between reading that and I can reading see the that. Hamilton biography, um, because the Hamilton biography is what inspired him to make right. the the musical. And so it's almost like an extra way of kind of getting into his head about his creative process and all that. So, so what I've been trying to do is be like, I'm a little further ahead in the biography than I am in the point in the musical. And so I've been reading that to kind of, so I kind of go back and forth to kind of stay at the same point in the, in the show. Cause the, cause the Hamilton, the revolution book, or uh, some people online have been referring to it as Hamiltome because the tome is another word for book. Oh yes. And uh, totally knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the smart one. This vocabulary corner. Um, the uh so the way the book's laid out is it's basically breaks down um it's got all the songs in it from the show with annotations from Lynn Manuel Miranda on you know things that inspired it and and all that and then there's interstitial um like essays in between that talk about different things about the creative process and um it's him and the and some of the people that he partnered with to to create it and apparently Ron Chernow, the guy who, the biographer dude, um, actually was a, was a collaborator in some ways. And he, he served as a kind of advisor. And apparently I read somewhere he, uh, he is collecting royalties in some way on, so he's now making a killing on how incredibly popular the show has become. Yeah. They're, they're apparently clearing like an insane amount of money on a weekly basis and, I'm all for it because the show's incredible. I wish I could. <laughs> I'm just jealous. Yeah. Well, when you just take seven years and, and write a Broadway musical, why don't you? Keep in mind, right. Miranda had already written 
and had a Broadway musical that was considered to, you know, it was like a critical success. I don't know how much money he made off of it. Um, but in the Heights was, was well received and he had already had that, you know, success before he went off and wrote Hamilton. Or just like a flow of cash coming. Well, that would be nice. (laughs) I Um, I want to do like this. I don't want to say I want to do little work to get a lot of the money. I'm just. Should we talk about Hamilton for a little bit? I know nothing about Hamilton besides the songs. Well, (laughs) I just know you're obsessed. And you've listened to it multiple times. Well, I won't won't make you uh, talk to me about Hamilton. Well, actually, I would be interested to know what, uh, because you have heard it at least a few times through what your uh like what your favorite uh song is i don't know if i would have a favorite as I, as I pull it up in the uh in the itunes here the itunes god could i sound i'm like i'm 75 years old uh, let's get on the itunes old man in a younger body it seems like i would probably come up with a song but some of them start they have parts of other songs or they kind of have well yeah that's part of the what I think is, you know, the, the word genius has gotten thrown around a little bit, referring to Miranda. And he sloughs it off and, and says that when he, that he created something that's about a genius. And so that's why people, and he says that people have, you know, misapplied the term to him. But um, the way he has brought together um, elements of traditional musical theater with more modern you know, musical elements and... Uh, and brought it all together. And certainly he owes, you know, something to his collaborators, I'm sure. But um, a lot of it was conceived just completely in his head. And it's it, it's pretty incredible. And um, and there are people that don't care for it. And that's fine. That's, you know, that's the, one of the things that's great is everybody gets an opinion. But uh, I definitely am totally sucked in. I've not... Completely. I... I was raised on musical theater um, from the age of uh, how far back Birth. I can remember. Uh, my uh, my my mother and stepfather met in uh, uh, in a community theater group, and uh, and that's you know I spent a lot of time milling around during practices of things and uh, and being in things and and falling into the orchestra pit i did i did moonwalk into the orchestra pit one time that happened fell flat on my back you're how old uh i was probably five. Oh gosh yeah yeah because it was we still lived in ohio at the time so that's I, what's wrong with you <laughs> i think that was during rehearsal for godspell i think so yeah, a lot of exposure to kind of you know old old school musicals, um, you know a lot of stuff from the early nineteen uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff, like you know The King and I, and uh, you know things like that. Um, Guys and Dolls, other uh, I know that's not Rodgers and Hammerstein, by the way, for the musical nerds out there. That would be Oklahoma's an old school. Oklahoma's Rodgers and Hammerstein. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. But I uh, know it was more of a. But yes, you know, so classic musicals like that, um, and and continue to pay attention to musicals through my you know the, my teenage and uh, and then adult life, and nothing new has really grabbed my attention in in this way. Like I mean, clearly nothing has up until this point. And I heard people, you know, almost a year ago now, uh, when the show first started 
just talking about. I, I, I started seeing it on Twitter. It was like Hamilton, Hamilton. And I'm like, huh, okay, you know, another Broadway musical that's that I'm probably not going to ever see. And and maybe I'll hear some of the music at some point. And, you know, you know, sure, it's I'm, I'm sure it's great, whatever. And um, just more and more people talking about it. Finally, I was like, all right, I need to hear this. And sucked in. And yeah, I got the digital library loan. Uh, Tractor beams sucked you right in. Oh, totally. I mean, it's it just consumed. Super compelling. The music's amazing. The performances are phenomenal. I mean, the honestly, I think um, Lin Manuel Miranda himself as Hamilton might be the weakest performance out of the, out of the core cast. And he's great. They, they, I just think the other, the people that he selected to originate these roles are just phenomenal. Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr is, is unbelievable. Uh, the, the emotion that he brings to the part and, uh, and plays everything from, from the kind of conniving political turd burglar to, um, totally sympathetic. Uh, I mean, by the end of the show, which for our listeners, you actually haven't seen the show live. You've just seen no. clips. Yeah, I've I've watched a lot of clips on YouTube at this point. <laughs> um, at the same time, not wanting to watch too many because at some point I do want to see it. And I mean, you know, budget wise, we're not going to be you know even if I could win the ticket lottery, I'm not, I'm not traveling to New York to see it. Um, but at some point it will tour. Uh, they've already announced that it's going to tour. Um, and so at some point we will get an opportunity to see it, whether it's here in Nashville or we travel somewhere else, uh, to see it in the future. Uh, Chicago seems like a likely, uh, option for us to go see it. Cause it's supposed to, they're actually going to have an extended, like a permanent second, you know, hmm. run in Chicago. That's a little bit more affordable town to travel to for a weekend or something. Go Southwest. Um, but anyway, it, uh, so yeah, I've not seen it, but man, have I listened to the, the, the music over and over again. And so, um, and interviews of multiple cast members. And yeah. Thank you, Charlie Rose for, <laughs> for apparently Charlie Rose is obsessed with the show too, because he first interviewed Lin-Manuel Miranda last fall. And that was the one interview you saw me watch was a replay of, uh. of that. And then, but then here recently he did another one with uh, several other cast members. And then he did another segment where he followed up with, with Miranda. And so, so apparently Charlie Rose has got the, uh, got the bug, uh, also, but, uh, yeah, the, the way the songs are blended together. And I think the, there are so many layers that that's why I can continue to listen to it over and over and over again, because you hear the themes from other parts of the show come back in other songs that until you've heard them, you know, I, I feel like every time I listen to it, there's a different, uh, I, there's something else that I hear that I didn't, that I didn't catch previously. And, uh, and then reading through the annotations and the, and the, um, the book to see the, uh, um, the words where some, I mean, some of these raps are just like so fast and tight. That's what's impressive to me is 
when they do get into the rap stuff that it's just like oh my goodness yeah and, the, and to be able to perform i mean i know there's rappers out there that perform and stuff i mean i mean i don't know i just kind of put it on a different level when you're i guess that type of audience and mm-hmm. kind of dancing like you are and then it's a I don't know. There, it's 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 a different kind of performance. It really is. I mean, it's they, and what's what I think is really cool about it is, you know, we've liked you know hip hop music and rap music for a long time, but there's a lot of people who just don't think that it's for them. Hip hop to the hippity hop. Yeah, exactly. The hippity hop music. <laughs> um, a lot of people just don't think it's for them, and I think what's really awesome about a show like this is, it can make that accessible to people who would normally not listen to it. Like, you know, I think about, you know, you know, like my mom, for example, who never is, you know, the, Oh, you know, she's the, the hip hoppiest. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think she could get into this. I think, you know, I think she could appreciate it for, uh, for, for what, cause it's got enough of the traditional musical elements in it too. Um, it's just, man, is it good? And uh, what I think is, is really cool to look forward to is that for a long time into the future, we're going to get opportunities to see, because um, they've already talked about how, you know, normally it's years and years and years before um, they'll figure out, and because of different, uh, the different unions involved and licensing and all that, usually it's a really long time before you can start to see like community theater productions of things or, you know, high school productions of things. And Miranda's talked about trying to figure out how to basically fast track that as much as possible. And I really look forward to seeing young, talented kids of, uh, you know, of all backgrounds getting to take their, you know, their shot at, at doing Hamilton. So they don't throw away their that was, shot. That was not a purposeful <laughs> reference. I was like, as I was saying it, I was like, oh, that's, that sounds really cheesy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, think about, you know, just, just bringing in and the idea that you could take something like, you know, traditionally theater. I mean, I remember, you know, the tryouts for the school play and you can, you know, yes, I got Hamilton. Well, a lot of times. (laughs) Or you'd be like, yes, I got Burr. Well, as like a drama teacher or whatever, not that I've been one, but I've, I, you know, was, you know, I've known a few a lot of the shows they want to do, they can't do because, well, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to get enough people to come try out for the show um, because there's too many male parts and there's not enough boys that'll, that'll be willing to come, you know, be part of the the drama group uh, to do it. And so they end up, sometimes they can talk like they get, they get the football coach to tell some kid, you know, some guys from the football team to come, you know, uh, be in the show. But this, they're going to be able to attract people to theater that would normally not have done it. There'll be kids who um, maybe can, they can rap. Yeah. And so they'll be attracted to this complex, you know, uh, raps and stuff that, you know, hey, can you actually, you know. Is it kind of making theater cool? I feel like it is. And so, like, the, I mean, that's, you know, the rap people that... a big dork, but, you know. But, yeah, I mean, like, the rap people or you know I think it gives you a chance to say like hey you think you're hot shit um can you spit these rhymes because right you might not be good enough prove it 
you know, and because the, the, the one guy that plays, uh, um, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, uh, Miranda's talked about how this guy was so good and, and can do such fast rapping that he was actually going back and adding more words in and almost to do it like a challenge to the guy to see like, you know, can I break him? Like, can I, can I make it so complex? And so, uh, you know, so many syllables and so many words like that he won't even be able to do it. And he just like rose to the challenge every single time. It was crazy. Did he rise up? <laughs> um, so I guess this will, this will have to do is my, uh, you know, so for other Hamilton enthusiasts like myself, if you're not aware, uh, there is a podcast on the incomparable network. Um, they call it pod for ham <laughs> and it's, uh, they, they, they're breaking down the show one track at a time for all 46 tracks of the original cast album. And they're about a dozen into it right now. And so, uh, and so there's, you know, and it's easy to catch up on cause they're usually around 30 or 40 minutes a piece, which you'd think, Oh, they can talk about a, you know, a two minute, you know, song for 40 minutes. Absolutely. Um, I certainly could. And, this will have to do because, you know, I don't, I don't know if any amount of begging can ever get me an invite to uh, to be part of a panel on one. I don't think so because they have their regular panelists. But uh, but yeah, you know, I would I would gladly talk about you know even the the shortest song in the show, which is only forty eight seconds. Uh, I could go on for a few minutes about that. But uh, at any rate, I think our. Uh, our little buddy is out of bed because mm-hmm. it is now after eight o'clock. Boy, she did good. Mm-hmm. So I guess the rest of the shows, uh, we can wait and talk about them later. Yeah. So eleven twenty two sixty three. Would Meh. you would you tell people to watch it? No. I, mean, I, th- I think you should try the book because um, I'd actually forgotten until I talked to a guy at the, at the office about it because he he had just read the book. Um, and I started talking to him a little bit about the show because I didn't have to worry about spoiling it because he'd read the book. They changed a lot okay. to kind of move some plot stuff around and I think compress it for the show. Um, but I think they made some choices that kind of messed up, you know, messed up the flow of the story a little bit. Because I'm into the Kennedy thing, but yeah, it just it suddenly lost me. And I don't know, it just, and then like leading up to, you know, the moment, I was just kind of like, huh. Okay. Well, even with it being like a, was it eight episodes or 10 episodes something like that? Um, even with it being that many episodes, they really had to compress it down. I mean, they, they moved a lot of stuff really, really quickly. And so I felt like that was to the detriment of the show. Like, as they were trying to jam stuff in a lot of the stuff about like the Kennedy conspiracy and all that, that stuff, it was like, they're introducing a lot of characters and, what what he was trying to pay attention for and all that and so it would be easy to get lost in it yeah i think they were just kind of trying to build some extra suspense with the 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 brother getting into oswald whatever yeah i don't uh i don't know how wife i feel like some thing. of that was added for the show but i don't remember much from the book i would almost be interested for you to read the book so we could uh um then talk about it again, and you can tell me with fresh, uh, you know, fresh reading hmm. what... Uh, that book's probably like 500 pages, so it'll probably take me 
It's a Stephen King book. It's probably more like 800 pages. <laughs> so maybe in December at the rate I go. I think I might have the audiobook. Let me look. I can't listen to audiobooks. Why not? I fall asleep. In the middle of the day, if you listen to an audiobook. My mind wanders. I can't focus. It's only 1.2 days long. Should we should we hang out a minute until she comes down and we can have a special guest to help us close out the show? <laughs> sure. So I think we can, uh, we could give a, uh, I, you, know, you know, next time let's talk, let's talk about Room in Brooklyn on the next episode. <sighs> so if anybody's listening, you could watch those two movies before we, uh, <laughs> before we talk before, the next time. Or before you listen to our next podcast. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. Because um, I think. Uh, Until next time. I think we could definitely talk about those a little bit. I almost want to watch both seasons of Better Call Saul again and then talk about them. Because they're only 10 episodes apiece. I was tempted to start watching some Key key and Peele since the movie was delayed. Oh, man, we got jacked. We had a date all planned. We were going to go see it today, actually. And, uh, And then we find out that they bumped the release back a week. Luckily, Michelle was able to reschedule the babysitter. Oh, we're we're not confirmed yet. No. <laughs> Come here for a second. We'll talk into Daddy's microphone. Welcome back to microphone talking. This isn't microphone talking. <laughs> this is this is spousal privilege. This is mommy and daddy's show. We don't have as many listeners as you do. No, I don't think we have any listeners. <laughs> nobody, nobody listens to our show. Everybody listens to your show. We're on Google Play now, by the way. Are you telling me that? Mommy has, Can you say Google? My mommy has my headphones on. Yeah, she does. She borrows them because her head is about the same size as your head. Because mommy's head is small and your head is big. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty soon you'll outgrow my head. I don't know what that noise was. Can you say goodbye to everybody for us? We were just wrapping up the show. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mom. Goodbye. All right, we'll talk to everybody next week. You want to sing anybody a song? Right, I guess we won't talk to everybody next week. We'll talk to everybody in two weeks because we're now we don't um, we're now a fortnightly show because we have so many listeners. That's true. <laughs> That's because it takes me longer to edit. That's why we had to go back to we had to go to a two week schedule. You want to sing a song for nobody? This is how we do it. <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> Mommy, will you like to watch that show? Which Hamilton show? Should, which which Hamilton song should we play to end the show? Um, I'll let you pick. Um, because you like the Hamilton. Um, I will guess like. You're talking to the microphone. Throw um, away my shot. Um, I guess like. This is how we do it. Well, that's not available. But I saw it on daily. No, you didn't. A long time ago. Was it a video? It was a video game. Oh, okay. Well, right now Hamilton is available. So which Hamilton song do you like? Um, I like from, I'm not from one spot. <laughs> a little early. Are you ready for breakfast? Yes. All right, let's go have some breakfast. I had three... I need mom to tell me what's for breakfast. Bacon. All right, bacon. Let's roll. (laughs)